When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome everybody to Flickr Effect. Last night we got episode six of Ahsoka on Disney+. Plus. We are here to talk about it now. Before we dig into that though, by the way, I'm Dave Lott. Joining me for this is Bobby Jackson. How's it going, Bobby? Going good. Can't wait to get into some discussion. Oh, yeah. And right here next to me, Michelle Hillard. Hello, How's everyone. Michelle? Hi. Welcome back. Yes, I had a little hiatus. Speaking of welcome back, you weren't here last week. You didn't get to talk about Ahsoka episode five and three and four for that matter, but mainly episode five. So before we dig into episode six, what did you think of five? Five was a, a pretty big deal for a lot of people. Got a there's a lot of a lot of, lot of a lot of chatter about episode five. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious, like, where do you fall in that in that chatter? Man, we're really jumping right into this. We're, ju- we're jumping right in. We don't oh waste any time anymore, Michelle. Apparently not. Um. Okay. Hmm. So episode five of Ahsoka. Um. I <laughs> I will say I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was definitely, obviously, more of an epic storyline going on. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm one of those people that I enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as everybody else seemed to have enjoyed it. <laughs> um, and and honestly, I would say that that would speak to the whole series for me. Like, I'm liking the show a lot. There's definitely things that I'm enjoying. There's definitely things I'm kind of going, oh, yeah, I could take that or leave that. But I think, you know, as far as the way everybody else is enjoying it, I am definitely not there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not to be like, oh, I'm pooping on it or, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like maybe, maybe I need to have more of a connection with Rebels or Clone Wars, but... For me, a lot of the big emotional things that are happening in the series are not evoking those emotions in me. I'm not going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know. Having said that, though, you know, it is pretty cool to see Anakin. And it was, I don't know, it was really neat to kind of see the way that they did the entire sequence between him him and Ahsoka. And then having, like, a young Ahsoka going through the Clone Wars with him. And then when she's basically in Rebels and he's no longer there. And and I don't know. It was an interesting kind of give and take. I think for me, the highlight was definitely their sword lightsaber fights. Um, That sequence was really, was pretty cool. You know, and the whole, David informed me, it's called the Obi-Annie maneuver. (laughs) 
But I guess for me, it's just kind of Anakin's signature lightsaber move where he kind of swings it behind his back and then pulls it forward. And that was kind of cool to see him do it on Ahsoka. I was like, oh, well, just pulling out the whole thing's going on. It's cool. I don't know. Yeah, I, you got a lightsaber. You're going to learn this move yourself. I need to learn the Obi-Annie. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, the rest of the episode was kind of, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh uh, and now I'm going to say it wrong, but the space whales, for people that are uneducated like myself. Oh, I'm a space whale guy. I don't remember their names. What space are their names, Bobby? Pergils. Pergils, right? Pergils. So, you know, it's kind of cool seeing them. And the idea of them, that they're going to travel through through hyperspace, <laughs> it, 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 intergalactic hyperspace, inside of one it's it's kind of cool if you think about it um but i don't know i just didn't walk away going holy cow my emotions are i was i just i'm not i was not that person but i think i also just don't have the broader connection to the story that's happening i think it was an episode where i feel like and i'm saying this because i feel like a lot of the episode when we saw ahsoka it was young ahsoka but even just seeing Rosario in it, like she feels I'm enjoying her more as this character. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's really kind of my biggest, I don't know. Your, your general thoughts. That's on. my general thoughts on episode five. Enjoyable. We were just curious. We nothing didn't, we didn't get like to hear your, your take last week. So we were curious. There was just nothing that I was just like, oh my God, my head's exploding. My emotions are everywhere. Well, and I don't think it's, but, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people obviously online or where have you like that were very very emotional about the episode oh, but yeah. i think there's a lot of us and i would include myself that i very i think i talked about this last week i very much enjoyed it but i wasn't crying i wasn't uh you know like that invested yeah. in these characters to pull those kind of emotions out of out of me but that doesn't mean i didn't enjoy the episode i thought it was quite good right and i i'm not shaming the people that did oh, have no. those emotions not like i'm glad that for them these are characters that they've grown to know and love and enjoy and to see for them i understand that it is a huge thing to see them come alive on live action to see their stories continue like i i don't I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the words. Like, I don't give, I, you begrudge. know, I don't be, yeah, I don't begrudge them their happiness. Like, I'm right. glad that they're enjoying it. I'm glad that they are fulfilling those thoughts and feelings and emotions with this series. And I'm cool, man. I'm cool. glad. I'm glad you are happy. Well, with that, we are here to talk about the most recent episode, which dropped last night, episode six. Um, before we do that, uh, just like we warned last week, uh, this discussion uh, is really geared for you listeners who have seen the episode. We are going to be talking about spoilers for episode six. So um, that's if what you, we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> um, so that's what we, do. we would love for you to join us uh, after you have watched this episode of Ahsoka. So go check that out first if you haven't watched it yet and then come back and listen or watch this episode depending how you are consuming this episode um so yeah spoilers from here on out for ahsoka episode six let's dig into it now michelle since you got us started uh by talking about episode five sure. what did you think of this one kind of the same <laughs> <laughs> 
I I enjoyed it. I think there's some highlighty moments, and I think there's other things that I wouldn't say I necessarily like. Was like, oh, mm. but I definitely was kind of like, eh, indifferent on, you know, kind of like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but for me, I would have to say, I think, and it's really sad, but the to my opinion is that the highlight of last night's episode, episode six, far, far away, was literally the introduction scene. <laughs> it's just Ahsoka and Hu Yang, Hu Yang, Hu Yang in the ship just having a conversation and that was actually one of the biggest highlights for me in that episode hmm. which i acknowledge is definitely not supposed to be the biggest thing in that episode <laughs> not by a long stretch um so i acknowledge that <laughs> but i think it's what's nice is that in watching that scene they just have this nice conversation that's just it's just a continuous back and forth conversation and it's not just I'm saying something and then I'm staring off into the distance and pondering you know quandaries of the universe I don't know it's so I feel like that happens a lot in a lot of the scenes and in some scenes I go yep nope that's a good pause you need to take a little little moment for that other times going anyone else could jump in and pull this conversation <laughs> forward a little bit more um and on, on the other side of things like yeah, it was kind of cool to see thrawn it was kind of cool and i was like oh wow this is a character that i i will be honest i know extremely little of but i know he's a super bad guy <laughs> do you have any exposure to thrawn outside of this episode like i mean from like rebels a little not rebels but like clone wars I don't know if he appears. Rebels. I don't think I've made it to an episode of Rebels that he's appeared in yet. I, I think, think I've just seen like stuff on the internet, right. like clips from Rebels of him and things happening. And like I never read his book, so I don't know. I, I really know nothing about Thrawn, and that's okay. <laughs> I was just curious. Like, like, like to see where you're coming at right. this from. I would say, like, of our group, I'm definitely the most novice when it comes to this grouping of Star Wars characters. For sure, I'm I'm much closer to the average. Maybe I maybe I'm not the average viewer. I don't know. Maybe it is just a bunch of fanboys watching this. I have no idea. But I think there's a regular people like me who enjoy Star Wars and are watching it and don't know the depths of every character's backstory. But it is kind of cool to see Thrawn. Like I was kind of like, wow, this dude is he is intense. Um. But at the same time, like, he's a bad guy, but nothing he said was like, oh, man, that's totally dark and messed up. He should, wow, like, total disrespect for human life. No, it's not shocking at all. He's a bad dude. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I I think there's there's stuff that I liked. I will say, like, for me, and and people can totally attack me, and I don't you know what it is, what it is. Again, maybe it's just my own naivete, but you know when sabine is out and she's looking for ezra and then she finds ezra it didn't evoke a major emotional response like this is supposed to be someone that she has a huge connection to and she's searching the galaxy she's been wishing he'd been around for i don't know what last 20 years 16 something i don't know what the timeline here is but she's been missing this dude and it just was kind of like, oh, yeah, hey, 
This is rough. Found you. It was almost like tag you're it. Like it just didn't. Like they had you're this nice even hug. Just her. Like it was like. Yeah, just her and him even. Like I mean, they had a nice little hug, but like, I don't know. It just was kind of like hmm. another day at the office, I guess. <laughs> okay. I think I've had. I think I've had more emotional reunions with people in my work office that have just been gone for a week and come back. And I'm like, hey, man, how are you? It's been crazy since you've been gone. My gosh, how was things? How were things? What's going Like, it just, like, it just seems like, like, meh. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And then, like, the most important thing that's really happened is just, like, I'll tell you later. I'm thinking, yeah, you should probably start working on telling them now. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a lot of information that he should probably get caught up on. But well, those are my that that's, that's, that's those are my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Well, I'll go ahead and share my thoughts real quick. Uh, and I think it's important to you know mention again for those maybe new to the show, like where am I coming at this from, like. Uh, when it comes to this Rebels and everything, I haven't finished Rebels. I'm, you know, a, a season and a half into Rebels. I have a, a ways to go. I My knowledge of Thrawn basically is summed up in that I've read one book of Thrawn. Um, and that's really it. I don't even think I've made it. I haven't made it to the point in Rebels that Thrawn appears. Um, not that I remember. I don't think. I, anyway. Hmm. Um so yeah, but I you know I've, I've heard a lot about Thrawn, so I'm familiar. And obviously, we get Thrawn in Did, this episode. Go ahead, Bob. You read one of the books, though, right? Or yeah, that's what I was saying. I've books. read I've read one book. And you read it, right? Not audio. Correct. Okay. Hmm. One of the few I actually read. <laughs> Usually, I consume books, audio books, but this mm-hmm. one I read. Um, it's interesting. I, I say that because. Um, if you if you had listened to the audiobook, I forget who does the voice of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. It might be um, um, oh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. Mark Thomas, but um, they do a very good uh, impression of Lars Mikkelsen's version of Thrawn. So it's yeah. like it re- really settles you into the character. Uh, when there's that consistency of the way they do the voicing for the character. So it's like um, when you read it yourself, you have your own sort of thoughts of how the character would probably look and sound if you don't have any really uh, good hold on what the character actually sounds like or how his mannerisms are. But in, in the book, when you listen to the audio version, you do get that, even if you'd never seen any of the, the Rebels or uh, even read the old Thrawn novels back in right. the day from Timothy Zahn. So I was just curious. Yeah, no, I read one of the, the more recent, the first book of the more recent run. Um, but that's my exposure. Uh, I enjoyed this episode overall. I know, I think we talked last week, Bobby, that I think we both agreed like it, it kind of seems like so far when it through the five episodes that each episode kind of got progressively better for each of mm-hmm. us yeah um i don't know if that would say that's the case with episode six <laughs> uh i'm not that's nothing knocking episode six it's you know we ta- again we talked about this last week episode five was such kind of a big episode that it, it felt like this episode this next one had to kind of bring things down a little bit and i think it did to a point 
even though we do get the reveal of Thrawn and we get the reveal of Ezra, sure. But outside of that, it felt like a more low-key episode. And um, But there's things about it I really enjoyed. There's things about it that felt very Star Wars that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's there are things that like and I, I really won't even say yet like that I'm like I'm not saying I have a problem with but I guess I bump on <laughs> like mm, a little bit um, and I don't know what everyone's reaction has been to this so I don't know where I stand but uh, that's all I'll say for now before we dig mm. actually into the episode more in depth. <laughs> it, does it have something to do with stormtroopers? <laughs> I can't wait to hear what your say. thoughts are <laughs> once we get to that part. I'm warm. Um, Bobby, what do you think of this one? I enjoyed this quite a bit. I, I, last week we were talking about that episode and how it played into a lot of Clone Wars. Well, for me, as I mentioned, I've watched maybe two seasons worth of Clone Wars and then kind of did the list of here are the most important episodes to watch a Clone Wars. So I didn't watch episode per episode, but I know enough and have watched enough to obviously get the feelings of what's there. So if last week's episode was an episode for people who are fans of the Clone Wars, I think this week's episode is definitely an episode for people who are fans of Rebels. And so for me, I think I like this episode a little bit more than last week's episode. Um, and some of it has to do with just the amount of lore and um, world building that we got within this episode compared to last week's episode where it was more insular and more um, focused on Ahsoka and Anakin. So this one, I think, expands that Star Wars universe in more ways than one than last week episode did so that's what I kind of uh, was my takeaway in terms of why for me it still feels like it's building like each episode is better than the last in some way and um, really for me the one thing that I came away wanting to know more about is uh, Balin and and I don't know I haven't looked at this yet but at some point probably back there there will be a Balin figure because <laughs> It's just so awesome to me as a character. And for, for a multitude of reasons, it's a shame that we don't have Ray Stevenson around yeah. with us uh, any longer. But yeah, I'm just so intrigued by that character and to see what his ultimate goal is uh, once he really lays it out there. So that and just obviously seeing Thrawn in live live action just something I've been waiting for since way back in the day like I mentioned with the original uh, Thrawn series that came out I remember getting those books when they first came out and just being like oh this character is badass so that was great seeing him and he did not disappoint at all in live action and same with getting to see Ezra finally. And we had talked last week about when do we think that the two of them would show up. And sure enough, Thrawn did show up in this episode. And I can't remember specifically when we said Ezra, but I don't believe that I said that he would show up this week. I, I didn't think he would. But um, it was good that, that we got both of them in this episode. So now it's kind of like, okay. We've gotten everyone. We've seen everyone. Now, like, let's hit this last, what, two episodes, uh, the ground running, and see where we go with it. So, yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit for a lot of different reasons that 
I haven't gotten into yet, but as we talk about the episode, I'm sure I'll touch on those as well. Very cool. Well, I was going to get things started with the beginning. I, I was curious. So this, this episode starts with Ahsoka and Hu Yang um, traveling inside of a space whale <laughs> uh, in, I guess, intergalactic hyperspace or whatever we want to call it. Um, and I was curious if either of you kind of thought about this or your what your thoughts were on this but it's funny you know like in the last episode everyone has been talking about Ahsoka the White and how like she has suddenly does seem like a different person and then this episode starts and to be honest part of me was like oh wow she feels like Ahsoka the Grey again like almost immediately mm-hmm. like <laughs> like this just happened basically I don't know how long in actual real time this trip is supposed to take, it, you know, across, you know, from one galaxy to the next. Um, the show doesn't, you know, give you a sense of how long it's actually supposed to take. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to me, like, how she already seemed kind of back to the way she was in those first four episodes. Um I'm not saying like I expected that, oh, wow, like she has gone through this experience in the world between worlds or what have you, and she is now suddenly a different person, and she's always going to be walking around just like, oh, everything's awesome, and I'm, you know, everything's hunky-dory, but it was interesting to me that she does suddenly seem not the same person that we saw at the end of the last episode, or am I the only one to think that? She's not as zen as you thought she was. No, no. About the whole situation. I mean, I guess. I don't know. She seemed pretty, like, well, we're just kind of hanging out. I think she was just kind of sharing her thoughts. There was a lot of of concern. Uh, I don't know. I think I side with what you were saying david i i immediately noticed it as well because i was going to be looking for it in particular after last week and how everyone had thought the same sort of thing well now she's sort of ahsoka the white and so she's more in tune to how she used to be so of course i was going to be um watching for that aspect and while i will agree that i i do feel like she was more ahsoka the gray i think I, in my mind, I tried to explain it away um, because we only had a small sample size of this week of Ahsoka. Yeah, and very so small. In my, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so my thought was like, um, maybe it's because of, these, of this intergalactic hyperspace travel that they're doing. She's sitting there thinking and she has time to think. And, and now this is sort yeah. of bubbled back up to the surface and weighing on her mind is like, well, what is she even going to say to... Sabine when she sees her and she knows that she made this choice and what does that mean and the fear of her giving into her emotions and you know Jedi's aren't supposed to be attached to have attachments and so all this stuff is probably going through her mind and sort of um, pushing her back into a more contemplative uh, version as opposed to uh, sort of the upbeat version that we were getting towards the end of last week's episode. And we got, I guess that's kind of what I was thinking was that, you know, she's off this, you know, she's in this happy, natural high of like having a last lesson with her master. And, you know, she's presented about everything, but now she's been just kind of hanging out in the cockpit and they're just kind of traveling along. It's like you do on car trips. You kind of just start, your brain starts going, you start, you know, 
rethinking an argument you had with somebody or a random conversation. Now she's going, you know, I think, I don't know. I, I did, I did completely not tell her all the truth. Like, and so now she's having like a confessional moment of like, uh, you know, just FYI. Yeah. I totally omitted that. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I, I, I tried, was trying not to read too much into like her personality backfalling. I, I think I just read it more as a, like two people on a road trip and you're 12 hours in you still got 12 more to go and you're like oh, I'm thinking about random crap now I don't know that's kind of how I read it okay. I, yeah I mean to me like the way she is so different in episode 4 toward the end to immediately jump to what seems to me a backtrack of like how she was acting it, it was noticeable I definitely I bumped on it but you know again we didn't get much of her in this episode uh Mm-mm. You know, for a show that I'm not, I don't have any complaints with the decision to not have her much in this episode, but I know there's been a lot of talk of, oh, this really seems more like a Sabine Wren show than an Ahsoka show. But then we get episode four, which was full on an Ahsoka episode. But then this was like a complete, like, oh, well, here, here's a taste of Ahsoka and now she's gone. We're never going to see her, <laughs> which again was fine. It was just kind of funny at the same time. Um, I, I got to believe that there's, um, a little bit of a reasoning behind that obviously because Dave Filoni is running the show and while this is Ahsoka's show and her name on the show uh, this is and he said sort of a Rebel season 5 mm-hmm. and so it, it makes sense that there is as much of some of the other characters in there it, as, as much as there is yeah. the, um, Ahsoka but I also believe that while out of story reason for a lot of Sabine or some of the other characters is probably due to the fact that mm, those prosthetics can't be easy to do all the time and it maybe makes more sense for Sabine who has none to just be on screen a little bit more so than some of the others just because of that yeah I'm sure the shooting schedule basically rotated around trying to knock out her stuff as early as possible or yeah, yeah, because yeah, you think or of all the other ones. characters, they have something. Uh, Hera has her Twilight yeah, Hera, things, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, uh, so yeah. obviously has her. And Thrawn's blue. Uh, I mean, Lagoon, you know, what? those contacts look yeah, hell of yeah. uncomfortable. So, <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of prosthetics and makeup and stuff like that. So they probably like, oh well, we have one character that can has doesn't have to wear anything but Mandalorian armor sometimes, yeah. right. not even her helmet all the time. Yeah, she didn't have it this episode. left it back on the other planet what after that then we go to the the hyperspace ring or what have you they are traveling also obviously ahead of ahsoka almost to the planet they arrive at the planet um what did you guys think of the the witches and kind of where things went from there before we jump to that I, I have actually looked at some of the other reactions and what other people were saying. Uh, one thing I noticed that some people bumped up against, not everyone, but some people, was Hu Yang saying, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away. And some people thought it was a little too on the nose in terms of like that they would met, almost be meta in the way of saying uh, far, far away in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, did you either you have any issue with him mentioning that? No, I, not I at actually, all. I kind of like, liked it. I, I, I quite liked it, especially like <laughs> yeah, he does that, too. and then it goes right into the title, which fits. Like, yeah, no, I 
I had absolutely no issue with that. I actually kind of liked it when he said, I was like, oh. Like, yeah. Did you have Same. a problem with it? I just okay. was curious. No, 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 not at all. Uh, but I just was like, I was surprised. I was taking a little bit back when I saw a few people <laughs> saying, eh, it's a little cheesy, right? Or a little corny. Cause People's got to have something to complain about. Yeah, so, but uh, go ahead, David. Sorry. Oh, I mean... Hey, where, wherever I, I I have no roadmap here. I mean, <laughs> um, well, just to can pick up back where you left off. Uh, yeah, you mentioned it, Michelle, when we were watching the episode, and of course, as soon as I saw it, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, it's Minas Tirith. It, <laughs> I'm like, we really are doing some Lord of the Rings references in this like, show so far. How much money are they dishing out to Peter Jackson for this episode? I'm like, it's uh, straight up looks like it, Minas Tirith, like, dude. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was. Power. Just, <laughs> I feel like Bobby, you're looking at us like, are you guys crazy? But tell me you have a Lord of the Rings. You had to have thought about that a little bit. <laughs> tell me you have a Lord not of the Rings. Really. Like, I really think about it. No, not oh, not too much. A little bit, but not too much because I feel like Lord of the Rings is so old, and so many people have you know scribed from it in terms of inspiration. That in Dune that it just doesn't it just seems like yeah i could see how because even oh, when i think about lost story it's I guess like look. having well no that's what i mean like even lost just i'm thinking of the the big statue type thing it's just something that seems like it's something that people do and i do give sort of a, a reference or a reverence to lord of the rings being the first thing like in my mind that does that or did that but I think because I've seen so many other things do it within media that I didn't think too much about it. Because we also, had, I, and I get what you're sort of going with it, Michelle, in terms of the, the overall look of that place, for sure. But yeah, I was more not zoning in on the overall look as so much as like the statues that were there and thinking in, in that term more so than like the actual aesthetic of everything. But I do see what you guys are saying i just it wasn't like um like so present in my mind as more so much as more as dune was just because there's the witches and stuff mm. like that but yeah i mean i think as far as the storyline goes with the witches you know they're definitely pulling from not even just more recent works of art like dune or lord of the rings and it's weird to call lord of the rings recent like was written you know back in the early 1900s in the 20th century but they're pulling from a lot of different old stories and mythologies of witches throughout history and you know having not even just like altars but basically having like monoliths kind of and rooms with like big stones and like hinges kind of and like that kind of a situation and then having things scribed and scrolled into the stoneworks and like they're pulling from lots of stories all over in the history of of witches and, and things like that and so having even this the big like stone monoliths like on the outside of the like we'll call it the the citadel for the witches like that kind of all makes sense to me but yeah, I felt like visually it seemed very, it was very reminiscent. It was very, very two towersy in my opinion. <laughs> I was just like, wow, I feel like you're right back into that movie. But overall, I mean, I, it, I thought that scene was well, well done. Oh, and I, and I want to be clear. I feel like maybe there's a misunderstanding of my reaction. Like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. Right. Like, it was just I'm funny. just recognizing it. Yeah. I mean, because it is. Yeah. 
it's it's there's one thing to I think to take inspiration from something, but to me, I mean, it's it is pretty pretty spot on, close, almost a replica. It, it like makes I mean, wanna... almost like I mean, obviously there's differences. I'm not saying it's just exactly the same, but it is. It is so close that it's like, oh wow, like that's Minas Tirith, like, and that's fine. Mm. Like, I I don't have a problem with it. It just it was just funny to me. I know that at this point, it's been 24 hours since that episode dropped. There's got to be some people on the internet that have taken photos and overlaid them, and have figured out like, yep, this is it. This is like, I know it. If I just Google it, <laughs> I literally right. start well, seeing people on YouTube going, look, if you take this image and you take this image and you just overlay them like this, it's a perfect match. And they're probably just losing their yep. minds. To that point, there I remember I remember seeing after the first episode, there was that exact thing done with the um, I don't know what it's called in, in in Star Wars or in the other thing, but there was this ball thing that's in Treasure Planet that oh, looks yes. like the thing that they did for um, episode yeah. the, the first episode of Ahsoka. So right. I'm sure someone's done the the Lord of the Rings in oh. this past week's episode thing. So yeah, for sure. Right. I, I haven't been on TikTok today, but man, it's calling my name tomorrow. I'm sure I'm going to see something. <laughs> <laughs> like it's stuff like that, like seeing this in the show too, that, I mean, I'm always fascinated to see how things are made behind the scenes you know of course but it makes me want to go like what was it like with like the visual effects and everybody going so you really wanted to look this close to mm. this really mm-hmm. like oh Dave Filoni yeah 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 I really, really I don't I'm totally acknowledging that this uh, this is drawing inspiration I'm totally cool with it please make it this close like you know what I mean like I'd love to mm-hmm. hear those conversations like okay you wanted that alright that's how you want it to look cool and there's a part of me that's thinking well Peter Jackson's either doing one or two things he's going hmm David, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. Well, it's, I mean, or, you're mentioning Peter Jackson. I mean, I think there's been there were sketches. I forget the artist that did Lord of the Rings sketches of Minas Tirith, like well before Peter Jackson was like involved. Right. Or he's going, hmm, well played, sir. Well played. I applaud you. Right. You know, like it's he's either loving it or he's going, hmm, hmm. Guess I'll be making a phone call in the morning. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. The witches. The witches. Uh, yeah, the witches. Um, oh, so I feel like this leads to a question now that I have as someone, again, who is, I know, I feel like a broken record. I haven't seen all Rebels. I haven't seen the episode where Ezra and Thrawn end up, like, you know, traveling to another galaxy with whales. I, I've, you know, have not actually experienced that yet. Um, so how did a Star Destroyer get there? And I assume there's, like, it's a, like it mentioned like I, I haven't even seen Rebels and the assumption that I'm under is that this a, a purgle 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 like took the Star Destroyer with them took the Star Destroyer like the I the mean I assume that, that ha- it has to be what took happened took the Star Destroyer with them just you see it in went. the episode I have no idea alright but yeah, yeah it, it, that's I mean, totally what happened. You see it. By the way, how the hell point. did a star destroyer sneak up on all the people? Like they were all just, oh hi hi yeah 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 oh yeah look yeah yeah there's dirt and the moon and the stars and the oh my god the star destroyer snuck up on it like what the 
I don't think I know did what you mean, actually. Did it, did it sneak up on anybody? It seemed like they were just kind of all just conversing and life was just fine. And all of a sudden it was like, rumble, rumble, rumble. Oh, look, the Star Destroyer has pulled up. Like, it hasn't like slowly been coming hmm. at them for the last hour. Well, I will say in fairness, like up till the Star Destroyer shows up, we have been spending time with Sabine and she's in her cell. Yeah, but like, they apparently were all hanging out up front. They were, upstairs. but we hadn't been seeing them on camera. We don't know if they were like, oh, yep, it's coming. It's off in the distance. Like, I think you should rewatch and see. What <laughs> <laughs> they seemed very like they just turned around like, oh, hey, look, it's here. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was quite like that. It's I don't like coming over the horizon for the last 45 minutes. But, oh, hey, look, it just showed up. Look at that. I, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, uh. <laughs> so those witches. <laughs> <laughs> so those witches. So no, I, I will say what I like about the witches is that is a reference for people who are not so familiar with um, Clone Wars. They they come from episodes of Clone Wars where they are the ones who resurrected. Uh, Darth Maul and so they rely on magic and well they from my understanding they still use the force but they channel it in a way through mat by mm-hmm. making it magic based as opposed to the way that Jedi and Sith use the, the force so right. which I think is cool and, and actually seeing them on screen in live action is cool as well because they get the look down really well if you go back and look at anything still frames or just clips from um clone wars you'll see how well they did and it's cool that they're now being introduced in live action because that introduces the other aspect of the force a little bit more so than just seeing uh elsbeth you see these actual witches in there using the force with magic in a, in a way and even towards the end when um thrawn says he's, he needs to call in their dark magic and so it's like ooh, you know we're really expanding lore in a way for people who aren't as familiar with some of this, uh, these things that are happening um, within the, the animated form. So mm-hmm. it's cool that we're getting more of that and seeing these witches here and how they e- even recognize when they see Sabine, they're like, you reek of Jedi. And it's you, obviously they do not like each other, Jedi and um, the witches. And so you see some of that going on there as well. But I, I really dug the fact that that also was an explanation of how uh, Elsbeth was able to know where Thrawn was in the first place is because these witches had been reaching out through her dreams or whatever and communicating and saying, you know, giving her messages basically and so it was a nice little explanation there as well cool yeah i don't have a lot of familiarity with the witches other than i think the little bit i've kind of encountered them in playing uh, jedi fallen order mm. um but that that's really my exposure to them and just stuff i've learned from basically the internet <laughs> but yeah. haven't seen right. them in clone wars or anything like that um yeah, what was next after that? Well, then, you know, Sabine goes down to jail for a little while. Then she gets pulled out because Thrawn shows up. Thrawn wants to have a little chit-chat with her. And he lets her know, hey, hey, well, you're, hey, it's you're, cool. you're skating over Thrawn. I mean, <laughs> Thrawn has arrived. <laughs> Along with a bunch okay, of stormtroopers yeah, yeah. that look like they have been living in, like, Mad Max, like... 
Well, it was like, okay, so Thrawn shows up, Star Troy shows up, and it docks very sexually with the like pinnacle thing into the the room um so <laughs> thrawn shows up he comes out but of course like before he even walks out you're looking over a sea of these stormtroopers that are a mixture of we've been living in a swamp and we've been using gold to put our things back together like asian china and it was weird it was weird what do you i mean what did you think of the stormtrooper thing we'll, we'll, we'll wait on thrawn what did you like why are they so dirty I could get it. They've been like, you know, catapulted out there, what, 10, 12, 16, 30, 50 years? I don't even know. Bobby knows, I'm sure. 10 to 15 years. Okay. 10, 15 years. Are they wearing their damn uniforms every single solitary day? And don't they just wipe it down? Can't they? I mean, they're on this planet. They've obviously figured out how to, like, breed and like break animals so that they can do things with them and make them into horses like i'm sure they figured out where water sources are like are you telling me i mean they still have a working star destroyer which obviously they've done like repairs to like they've worked on i mean i I, yeah i thought about this too i'm like it looks cool that they look like so different and they've been marooned basically in this other galaxy Mm -hmm. and this other planet and I get but like melding obviously things work. they still have technology at their disposal they still have a star destroyer and I it's like it's one thing it's like this is representing that they've been marooned and everything mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like in reality I, I know we're not talking about reality but in reality would they really look so like disheveled disheveled like it's like when they arrived where all the stormtroopers like thrown across the planet and they were all like wrecked and like crashed and they had to like put their armor back together i don't know like it was it's it was a weird touch but then on the flip side like what if they had all looked just shiny and clean and if would we have been like eh, like but at the same time, I think Star Wars has always done a very good weathered kind of stormtrooper look. Like maybe yeah. this was a little too much, Bobby. I mean, are we? Have you thought about this at all, or what did you think of it? Not until this moment. <laughs> Honestly, it never even crossed <laughs> my mind. Really? No, I never like, thought about. No, not at all. Not I was all. watching. Um, I, I just thought, oh, he still has a force, and, and that was like to yeah. the extent of my thought is like he still has a, a squad with him you know that's right. going to be it's uh, dwindled, doing some damage i imagine it's yeah dwindled but I, I never thought about the actual look of them um how whether they should look or whether i think i definitely would have um noticed it more had they looked so pristine and clean mm. um and i i figure if they would have like you said david they usually do a pretty good job of weathered look for a stormtrooper but I also imagine that a weathered look for a stormtrooper means that they haven't gotten their armor replaced or, or cleaned up within a, a week or two, but not like 10, 15 years. <laughs> so I, I imagine that there, some of that weatheredness uh, is probably just because of the armor's age and, and whatnot. And who knows how long stormtrooper armor lasts for being uh considering how cheap the the emperor was but mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know in terms of uh that thought in terms of like it, i just didn't bump up against it honestly i mean because my focus was way more on thrawn coming out the, the, the walkway sure. more so than yeah. the than the stormtroopers the only one i think that obviously stood out to me the most was enoch which right. who, who had the gold uh faceplate which I thought 
all I all I really thought when I saw him was like, huh, that's interesting. That looks different. But and I didn't go beyond that with his thought, other than um, you know he's different looking. Well, I guess not to beat this with the dead horse, but like to me, it'd be one thing if the stormtroopers didn't, you know, they were all like, but if all of them were all just like living on the planet, like. Yeah. And created huts. And, yeah. And, you know, living off but the land. not living basically on a Star Destroyer. Like, then even the time, I, I still go, eh, I think it maybe the overall look of these stormtroopers has gone a little far. Like, I don't have a problem with it in one sense. In one sense, it's like, okay, this is different. I'm all for different. But it also felt a little like, eh, this is a little too much. I don't buy that this would look like this. Yeah. Well, you know, Thrawn... Given, given the situation I've been presented. Yeah. You know, Thrawn's eating pretty okay. He's got a little paunch going on there. Paunch, but he's got a super clean uniform. He's, looks, he's His looking uniform good. is spotless. Yeah. And I would expect no less from him. <laughs> um, and, of course, yeah, it, like, yeah, it has been years. So, it's to be expected. He probably eats well <laughs> compared mm-hmm. to everyone All else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the... I guess once now that you're sort of making me think about it a little bit more, <laughs> I'd have to imagine that they probably, unless he was being a real stickler, they probably haven't even put on that armor in in years. This and is what only I'm saying. When now knowing with the witches, communicating with Thrawn and saying they're actually on the way, that they're probably like, let's get these out of storage and put these things on. Again. <laughs> Everyone, make we're your, going home, make your baby. Your own. <laughs> yeah, right. we're yeah. about to go home. <laughs> so, I mean, so. I'm, I'm sure that it's like the military, you know, once a week you got to get dressed up and you got to get in full full uniform and line oh, up yeah, for, yeah. for, what is it, rotation or whatever, the, I don't remember what they're called anymore. You gotta line up for duty, and everybody does a roll call, and they make sure everything's everything, you know lined up. But then, you know, the other six days of the week, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. you're just in your fatigues. So Thrawn. <laughs> um, this episode's so long. <laughs> We're already going so long into oh, this. Oh no, we'll we'll start fast forwarding oh here God. pretty we soon. We need to I start think. moving. Um, but Thrawn. So before I say what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat some some stuff about like where I'm coming from when it comes to this character. I've read one book. That's really it. I've seen the images of what Thrawn looks like. Um, and yeah, what are you you're saying, Bobby? I know like if you think about what from the Battle of Yavin to the end of Return of the Jedi is like four years, uh, and then how long after Return of the Jedi are we at here? Where it they say about five years after five they, years, but no one's actually pinned it really down. Really pinned it down. So we'll say about ten after, like after Battle of Yavin, and then like I don't know when they disappeared before BBY. Anyway, so it was you, like at least five years, I think, before. Then. Right. So we're like fifteen years. Like it's been since uh, they disappeared. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to say like. <laughs> He, I, I have no problems with the casting of Thrawn, but at the same time, I guess I expected a more like, like imposing kind of look to him. There's a like, softness about him. There's like, I know that he's not like from what I know of Thrawn, and I, there's a lot more to learn for sure. 
but I know he's not like, you know, some combat, you know, like crazy like fighter or anything. Like he's an intellectual kind of guy. I know he's good, no, but he's a good hand to hand fighter. But at the same time, I think when he arrives, I was just kind of like I don't know. He just seems like not as imposing as he, I expected. I mean, I nothing against this actor whatsoever. I but there's a part of me that's like eh, Oh, oh like, no, I agree. Like the dude that showed up was like what? 6263. He looks a lot older than I would have expected. Well, the age actually I think is pretty spot on. Mm. I think for me it's like a height and a build situation. I guess I was expecting somebody to be much closer to say like six six or six seven. He you know, looking at the animated series, he's always extremely tall and not lanky, but he's a very fit yeah like, like figure. Again, I'm not saying he should so be like tall, ripped, but like But because he's so tall, he's kind of domineering in that sense. Like he's very you know, and that was what I in my head and so I'm like Six two, six three, average shoulder broadness, maybe a little bit, you know, like a little mm. paunchy going, you know. It was like, eh, I guess. <laughs> sure. Bobby, what are your thoughts on these? Are you know, or on what we're saying? I guess I should say. <laughs> I mean, I have no issue with what you're saying because, like you guys have said, you don't have as much experience with the character. So, I, yeah, I don't have any honestly um issue with it i think for me the only thing that i feel like is that obviously he is more um rounded than he was in in anything that was in rebels and again i attribute that to the amount of time that's gone past because it's been like 10 to 15 years and he's not doing his calisthenics i would say that well i would say that even in rebels he probably could have been 35, 40, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's about 60-ish, I guess, at this point. Um, so mid-50s. Yeah, well, and yeah. So, I, and, and that's just a rounded guess. He could be slightly older than that. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. So, for me, and I think for most fans who do have a familiarity with um, Thrawn, I think that they probably are okay with the trade-off of him not quite looking the way they want so much as the fact that it's the actor that portrays him in Rebels and they still get to hear that voice because that is the thing and that he embodies that character still because his, um, his voice is obviously the same because he did the voice in Rebels. Mm-hmm. And he has always been within, whether it's the old Timothy Zahn novels or the new ones, or even in Rebels, very calm, very, you very rarely ever hear him raise his voice. But he's two steps ahead, if not more, than most people. And you get that in this episode. You see that he's already yeah. thinking about stuff. He even says, we have to assume Ahsoka's is still alive. You didn't see. So he's a Jedi, so he's flawed. So prepare for her to be alive until proven otherwise. I mean, he's just always a step ahead, just constantly thinking. And for me, that has what been 
the part that I think I love the most is that they carry that through and they show that he's still very much Thrawn as a threat because he's smart and more than likely smarter than everyone that's in the room. And in in the sense of um, when it comes to military strategy, he's very smart. Other aspects, he uh, is more aloof in in certain ways within social etiquettes and stuff and um, politics. But military, it's like, you know, forget about it. So to me, that's like, yeah, seeing him there and being that, I'm like, okay, while he may not be in the same shape or form in terms of how he was in in Rebels, um, I'm okay with that and ultimately still having this actor portray that character rather than having someone else and having to yet again sort of adjust to someone else playing a character I'm familiar with, with their voice being different um, in this live action form. Yeah, I think he definitely conveys an intelligence level and a calmness throughout the entire episode. I definitely, I would agree with that. Like, that was definitely what was coming off from him. Yeah, I I guess I'll just, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I'm obviously, again, coming at this as someone who has not experienced him in Rebels. But I, it's easy for me to say this as someone in that position. But I guess I find it unfortunate that they felt the need to cast the same actor who voiced a character in an animated show to be Thrawn still in live action when to me, I don't know that he fits a look for a character that I've heard so much about. I've seen enough imagery of that when I saw him appear in live action, my reaction was honestly like, oh, so this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I know it's all it's more than just body, but part of me was like, I don't know. This, he, it wasn't rolling off intimidation this, when he was walking yeah, up to them. Like, I mean, he this really... felt like a scene where this was should have been like, wow, this dude is intimidating. Just being in his presence yeah. is is intimidating, and I was not getting that impression from what I saw on screen now his, at all. His intelligence level, and when he's talking. That is fairly intimidating because yes. the calmness you have. And so I'll give that for him. But as far as physical intimidation, there was no like, you know, there was no like Vader at the end of a long, dark hallway happen- moment happening. Like, I definitely wasn't like, holy crikey's goosebumps, you know, like there just wasn't that hair raising moment visually. But again, I'm acknowledging but, like I'm saying this to someone who hasn't experienced the animated version and maybe after I do I will feel differently, but I I think even so I would go just as I would like to say certain characters should be recast, you know, instead of using them in some different form in Star Wars, I would feel like yep, he made a great voice actor for this part, but I don't know that he makes a great live action version of it at least from what i've seen so far so that was my reaction to it yeah i know i'm probably in the extreme minority on this but it was just something i was just like oh really like this is the dude like (laughs) this guy this guy okay (laughs) so sabine goes out sabine goes out i know we're running out of time Mm -hmm. but we're gonna kind of start jumping through some stuff she, you know, she encounters some bandits, which, by the way, I don't know why. And I, I couldn't even, like, 
remember exactly what character it was. It's like the way some of their helmets looked and the way they were moving around reminded me of one of these characters from Labyrinth. Yes! <laughs> like, yes, it's the guards. Like the, the guards, little like, guards like, have, have like those things on their yes, head. I, was I like, got the same dude, thing. It looks just like these dudes from Labyrinth. It was the Labyrinth guards. Oh, dude, I had the same thoughts, man. Oh, dude, yes. Um, so yeah, she fights them. <laughs> I was going to fast forward to she encounters, you know, well, I was going to say too, like, I kind of liked the whole like dynamic of her with that thing she was writing. The, the Irish wolfhound yeah, slash like the whole creature. scene of her, like trying to get it to go away, but it won't stop following her. Yeah. And then she finally is like, okay, fine. Like I warm up, I warm warming back up to you. I was like, this, this is nice. Like, no, it was kind of cute. Um, Reminds me of dealing with our dog. Yeah. Kind of a little bit. Um, but then like the, the, like, what were they like these hermit crab looking like <laughs> they're kind of like turtle rock, turtle rock guys, right? Creatures. They're cool, but, but they were cool. Like were cool. same thing. Like there was a part of me at first was like, Oh, what am I going to make of this? But I'm like, overall, I was like, I like this. And like, you know what I liked is it was definitely, I mean, I think there were some scenes that were CGI, but there was definitely like a, yeah, you go Jim Henson creature shop. I like this. Like there were some that were not just computers it was nice <laughs> i was like oh there's like a little little depth here it's kind of cool right. actually i have like real creatures doing their things in the little village bobby you were gonna I, say something I, I yeah i will say about the turtle rock creatures is that for me that was the single most favorite thing of the episode for me uh, more than thron more than ezra <laughs> It was seeing those creatures, and it's because it, it goes back to something I said during our Ant-Man review, uh, Quantumania, and that when we go into the quantum realm and they go into that bar and there's all these different creatures, and I remember so many people saying, oh, it's kind of like a Star Wars thing. They're going in the cantina, and it's like all these different weird aliens. I like that so much because I in that time period, in that time frame, with Star Wars, for the different TV series that we've gotten, and even some of the movies, it seems like we've gone to a point where they rely heavily on just humanoid-looking people and making it, I guess, cost less for them to be able to just have people that are either pink or green or whatever, but they're still humanoid. And so, uh, in Ant-Man, having creatures that look visually different than something that I've ever seen before or would ever dream of was great to me. And it reminded me of a time when you did see in Star Wars, there's all these different creatures and people at work. And like you mentioned, Michelle, the Jim Henson factory, it was like, that was the first thing I thought when I saw that creature, I was, I smiled so big. And I was just like, this is Star Wars to me because mm -hmm. they were seeing different creatures. And then that was always one of the biggest appeals to me when I was a kid seeing Star Wars, seeing all these different worlds with all these different creatures on them that were uh, sentient and, and could, you know, obviously had their own language and their own way of life and everything. And didn't just look like humans painted up as something else. And so the, for me, seeing that made my whole day and the whole episode is just because it was creative and they weren't speaking basic they had their own language and it was just like this is good i, I want more of this and so i when i when i when we go through that and then having them go to their town and 
their little nomad area and seeing how they live. This was like, oh, this is great. Like, I, I really appreciate that. And just the interaction. It mm. was Star Wars, old school comedy, not comedy per se, but just making light of the moment without it being too heavy or over the top childish and, and kiddish. And it fit in a in the realm of what I felt like. This was like something that harkened back to old Star Wars to me. Yeah, it's it's they're making the connection without a common language, and it's grounding in the Star Wars universe to have that those characters build that world. It was it was I will agree, like it was definitely one of the highlights for sure. Like it was it was a great moment. I liked them a lot. I think they're I did super too. cute. I was curious to know what you thought of them, but yeah, no, it's good. No, I'm I glad to hear them. you liked them too. Like, no, I, I liked it. And then, of course, as you already kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode, Michelle, like we we get the Ezra reveal, right? The Ezra reveal. And I don't disagree with you. To jump back to what you were saying, like in one sense, I'm not. I don't think every big reunion like this needs to be like some big tear fest of like, oh my god, I miss you so much. Right. But there was something about it that felt a little like, eh, like. I haven't even experienced that part of Rebels yet of him disappearing mm-hmm. and that being such a big emotional thing. Like, but I can t- I understand what happened, so at least I was expecting, I guess, a little more like emotion mm. about it. And yeah, there wasn't much. Like, well, and of crap, course, I've this, only been out for a few hours and I found you. This right. is amazing. Well, here, here I am. <laughs> like, yeah. And there is a part of me that you can see a little bit that Sabine is, I think, already starting to kind of have to mentally deal with like the choice she made mm-hmm. but I don't think enough like I think I wish there was a little more there like digging into like at least more looks of her like having to realize like wow what have, what have I done like this is great I'm, I'm seeing Ezra but like yeah. This wasn't smart. <laughs> this was like the most Anakin thing I think I've seen a person in Star Wars do ever. It's the most selfish thing any other character I think has ever done, in my opinion. Right. It's her whole decision to just do this. And I'm watching it just going, I don't think you feel any remorse yet. I don't say for, any, but... I don't know. Like I think maybe she's just now starting to edge on the grappling of, holy crap. Crap! I think I just screwed. I think I just screwed our universe. Um, <laughs> because I was just trying to get to this one human being, but yeah, screw all those thousands of planets and billions and billions of creatures and people and beings. Right. And I think she's just starting to edge into that realization of, wow, I just effed over every other thing, <laughs> basically for this one human being. Right. Um. Which is probably why she didn't, you know, I'm going to use the word man up and just say, hey, PT Dubs, uh, I got here because um, I made a deal with the devil, basically, and I've, you know, let him out of uh, Pandora's box and uh, he's going to head back to the the real world and screw absolutely everything up for um, everyone else. Right. Yeah. It Bob, was weird. I, I was not a fan of this whole thing. Bobby, what did you think of the whole Ezra reveal and reunion? And well, for it's me, like, like it was the feels. No, for me, seeing Ezra was just fantastic. It was great, just because 
when they show him in the hologram, I still wasn't for sure how on board I was with the actor that was going to be portraying him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a hologram, and so it was so short, so you yeah. don't really know. But it didn't convince me. But seeing him pop up here, it convinced me. I was like, all right, yeah, I got it. And so it made me happy to see that they look like they got that right with the casting. And so I obviously want to see more of him. As far as the Sabine of it all, um, that one's harder just because I've consistently said so far throughout this um, times that we've reviewed it that she is one of the other characters has, that has felt the most off to me in terms of seeing her from how she was in Rebels to how she is in this show. She is very much a capable Mandalorian within the context of the Rebels show. And even in what we've gotten of um, Ahsoka, she's very capable as a fighter, uh, as a Mandalorian fighter and doing what she does. It's the characterization of her that still feels sometimes like a disconnect because while in the series she was could be impetuous, I, I never felt like she made bad decisions per se. Or put um, herself ahead of other such people. A huge, yeah, and yeah. not so much on such a huge scale. So um, that one, that one's still been hard for me to reconcile, but. The, there's a difference to me between her making bad decisions for story point sake. Like, I obviously imagine that her making this decision to um, save Ezra at the cost of the galaxy is a story point, and we will develop that out, and we will get to see mm-hmm. the ramifications of that. So, while it's like you're frustrated with the character, you understand that that's part of what the story is supposed to be and where it's going to take us because of her decisions. The things that I bump up against the most are things that don't have anything to do with story and more the way it's just sort of written as the character or directed. And the single most disappointing thing that I felt from this episode was that when Ezra talks to her, she just looks over her shoulder and is like, what's up kind of thing and it's like nah you just essentially traded war Mm -hmm. for this one person as soon as he talks he should barely be able to finish his sentence before you're rushing over there on him and jumping on him and hugging him and everything else the lack of impact of the emotional reunion of those two was so disappointing (laughs) Uh, there, it, it was slightly there, but it wasn't there to the point that I feel like it should have been there for all the decisions she just basically made for her to be that chill about uh, actually seeing him there at that moment. I just don't feel like that would have been a character decision based on everything I've seen her go through in Rebels and everything that she's so far gone through in the Ahsoka series. And so that to me was just felt a little... Uh, hollow and missing the point of uh, that whole thing so outside of that um, I am curious to see how things shake out once he does figure this out because she had a chance to tell him like well I got here because of this and for her to put that off maybe again it's because she feels like 
they're leaving. She's stuck there. So she's got time to tell him everything. She doesn't know that Balin and Shin Hati, uh, Hati are uh, after her. So she probably feels like there's no rush. But again, it, it is something that I'm sure, once again, it's just sort of a, in a line of bad decisions from this character so far since the first episode taking the the little ball thing back to her home even when ahsoka told her to stay on the ship with it it's like there's so many bad decisions that it, it that's why i feel disconnected to the way she was in rebels compared to how she is now but yeah. obviously a lot of that plays into how much and how far she's willing to go to get ezra back and so that will have to be um, come to a head at some point with her and Ahsoka and probably even Ezra because he did a thing knowing that he may not come back and for you to then sort of undo what he did, I don't know that it will sit well with him or maybe he's Zen now and, and can ex- forgive her uh, decisions, but we'll see. He's Zen about her, you know exploding the entire universe but it's cool it's cool it's all good. i would i mean yeah it's it the whole thing was just, i say was, zen sorry I know, i'm just thinking and i mean sort of like in the way that yoda would not blow up and be like what the hell right. did you just no, Zen yoda would probably say learn from our decisions we must and you know do something back <laughs> that's what i mean by zen he right. would probably oh, like maybe it, not it, get so mad the, the, the scene didn't play well on many levels for me and yeah like they neither of them seemed actually excited to really see each other there was a happiness but i wouldn't say there was any level of excitement considering it's been 15 years give or take right i don't know it was not i i I wasn't hot on it and i'm a bum because i really wanted to talk about balin and his storyline like you mentioned at the beginning of the show uh bobby because yeah i feel like Mm. he there's there's a lot of layers to that onion i wish i could pull back I don't disagree. I mean, he's fascinating in that Mm -hmm. we're not, it's not like it's been completely explicitly laid out for us, like what's going on with him and his apprentice. Um, What's happening to his little brain? Like, like, but we get a little more and a little more and it's like, oh my God, I want to know, like, what is going (laughs) on with this dude? He's getting pieces here. And there's constant looks of like, there's complexity, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they take Sabine, the witches have her taken to that cell and, you know, you get a quick look of his face, like, which is obviously no accident, like the like of he's conflicted about like what's going Mm -hmm. on, like he's he's fascinating i mm-hmm. i agree like i think he's one of the most fascinating characters of the entire show actually uh, and uh, agreed uh, uh, yeah like <laughs> you know we only have two more episodes left and it kind of bums me out because i know there's not going to be more episodes with his character and it just Mm. There's not going to be with that actor. I mean, it would correct. There was a part of me at the beginning of this show or this season thinking, oh, this guy, you know, this character is probably going to die at the end of the season. But now being two episodes away, if I had to bet, I I don't think he would. Um, And yeah, like you have to imagine then they would have to recast and 
Mm-hmm. Like that's totally doable, yeah. but then it's also you know it's unfortunate. It, it's, the whole thing is unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's tough yeah. to to for. Uh, it's not obviously just the three of us. Everyone oh, loves man, his character yeah. and his portrayal of the character, and yeah, to imagine that job. they would have this character return, say for a season two or in the movie or both or whatever, um, and have him be recast. That's going to be a lot for people to swallow. I think it's like a oh, new actor in this position. Like, those are some big boots to fill, yeah. based on what Ray has laid down for this character. He he has done a spectacular job, and it just it's. It's gut wrenching, yeah. you know, on yeah. many levels, and yeah, no, it stinks. But but yeah, to I, I this, can't wait to find out more information about this character and what his end game is in his head. Right. Yeah. Um, but to finish this up, I mean, right, you know, soon after that, we get the scene of Theron uh, talking to the witches, and basically they know that Ahsoka's on her way. And I mean, there's really not much to say there, unless you guys have anything to, to kind of add. I think that's basically where the episode ended. Ahsoka is a coming. Ahsoka's on her way, and She's we have two episodes to go. Yeah, no, I don't have much to say other than the fact that it's just that again, mentioning back to Thrawn and that. He's not leaving anything to chance because he even was like, if uh, Pergil comes towards the planet, shoot it down with prejudice. And it's like he's already <laughs> in his mindset right. that don't let any of these space wells near us right now because more than likely Ahsoka is hitching a ride. So mm-hmm. right. I am very curious to see how she can get to the planet without uh, being shot down or, or will dying so right uh, yeah like a whale or mini whales are going to die yeah yeah Yeah, which will be sad yeah it will be sad i'm (laughs) laughing about it but that'll be sad yeah at least they ended their lives in their their end life world like they plan to do anyway it's just gonna be probably many millennia before they wanted to right all right. Well, with that, we are going to wrap things up. We would love to know what all of you thought of Ahsoka Episode 6 and our thoughts. Uh, you can leave any questions or comments on YouTube if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, leave those questions and comments down below. Make sure to hit that bell icon, of course, to be notified uh, whenever we uh, post any videos or go live in the future. Um, you can also uh, listen to this as an audio podcast if you are not right now. Uh, we are available basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all those good places. With that, I'm David Lott. I'm Bobby Jackson. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Bye-bye.